Our guest in the studio for the 9 o'clock hour is the Hamilton County District Attorney, Cody Womp, and she's with us for the entire hour. Questions, comments, concerns, any kind of grievance that you'd like to air? I can't imagine that. Good morning. Thanks for having me back on, and Merry Christmas, everybody that's listening. Yes, and I can't imagine that there are any grievances out there, Mm -hmm. because if we know anything about your time in the District Attorney's office thus far, much like your brother's time in the Mayor's office so far, it has been smooth sailing. Go along to get along. I like your philosophy. Three and a half months, yeah. No, no I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. Really, thanks for having me back on. I, I think that this is going to be good every month. All right. So here we go. Questions for the DA Cody Womp. He spelled your name with a D. Uh, I, I only put up like a hundred thousand dollars worth of signs so that people would spell my name with a D. Guy, <laughs> yesterday I was signing some documents uh, at the car dealership yesterday, and the guy goes, "Oh, I accidentally spelled your name Brain." I go, "Bro." Everybody does. Like that. <laughs> I stopped noticing. Right. I, 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 I'll I've, answer to anything. I don't think I've ever received an email that's addressed to anybody but Brain Joyce. It did, like, I don't know. An attorney emailed me the other day and said, Miss Womp, W O M P, an attorney in town. And I'm like, that <laughs> has to be intentional. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Question for the DA, Cody Womp. Why, why did it take six to seven years to indict this guy who killed his mother in the house fire? Uh, Neil Pinkston wouldn't do it, and the cold case unit wouldn't take it either. So I'm super proud today that that happened yesterday. Um, when they brought it to me a few months ago, it, I was in disbelief that our cold case unit that I dissolved uh, never never took it. So without a cold case unit, my office indicted a cold case yesterday, and I'm very excited about it. I think it'll be set for trial soon, uh, and we're going to pursue it as a first-degree felony murder. So in the last six to seven years, what was going on with that man? Was uh, he was picking up different different criminal offenses? He, he's actually in custody right now on okay. other offenses. So he was served yesterday at the jail. Uh, he he just was was so explain out how this doing goes. other bad yeah, things. I was gonna okay. say, why, so how how why would you not? I mean, I, I understand it was not your yeah. administration. Why would you not? Take this case to trial. I, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't. When I met with the arson investigators this summer and they presented it to me, and, and the arson investigator whose case it is is, a, is phenomenal, phenomenal, and it's a case that's bothered him since it happened. Uh, he, he, quite frankly, would say he's not slept well since it happened. And uh, I looked at all the evidence. I reviewed it with my chief homicide prosecutor, and it, it is clear that there is more than enough evidence to get it through the grand jury. And I think we can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. So I'm I'm super proud of that um, that happened yesterday. So we had a man in Chattanooga who burned the house down, killing a woman inside. His mom. We had enough evidence to suggest that this man did this, so we should prosecute him for it. Mm-hmm. But he was never prosecuted. He was just chilling out on the streets for committing, six years. And committing more dangerous crimes that he would not have been committing had he been in custody for this. So, yeah, that, that's that's what happens. I don't know what happened with General Pinkston, um, but I, it, it confused me, and, and we're proud of it. Texter here says, I want to ask the DA, and this is about the fifth person who asked, who's asked this, why were all charges dropped against Davis Lundy? I don't know. Um, I conflicted off that case. I've known Davis since I was little, so I could have nothing to do with it. I acknowledged a conflict. Uh, the district attorney in the 12th Judicial District, Courtney Lynch, her office handled it, and I could have nothing to do with the prosecution, so um, I don't know. This is an item that came up on our show on Monday. Uh, we spend way too much time than is healthy, I think, talking about marijuana on this show. <laughs> And uh, that's one of the things that uh, Davis Lundy was accused of, obviously, uh-huh. uh, driving around with some marijuana in the car. Um, and we've been getting texts and calls from listeners who want to know where you stand on that issue. Because 
It's come up on this show a couple uh, for a, for a variety of reasons. Number one, if you're anything like me, Jim and Kevin, you have noticed that the amount of people just casually smoking marijuana in this city is just it's 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 outrageous. I mean, you just smell pot smoke everywhere you go. I got on the elevator in court this morning, and it smelled <laughs> like weed. And I another person got on, and I was like, I swear it's not me that smells like weed this no. morning. But yeah, it's a uh, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. We got a text from somebody the other day said I hadn't been to Hamilton Place Mall in about ten years. I walk in there, and the place just smells like a bong. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. So here's, and I talked about this last week at a CLE with other attorneys and judges there. Uh, my, my opinion is that the legislature needs to figure it out. Uh, what we know is that TBI is not testing simple possession of marijuana anymore. They're not testing marijuana unless they have a letter from the district attorney's office asking them to do so. Um, TBI often has a hard time distinguishing between different strands of, of marijuana. Um, it's they're, they're very difficult to prosecute just in terms of juries. It's, it's hard to get a jury of 12, all 12 of which think people should be convicted of it. Uh, it's hard for law enforcement to know what it is in, in people's car. Is it is it some Delta 8 Delta strand? Delta 8, Delta it's 9, legal. Yeah. THC. I, I'm actually confused by it as well sometimes. But everybody needs to know this. We are we are not really prosecuting simple possession of marijuana. The cases in which are that are pending that have marijuana charges are connected to something else that's bigger. So we pull somebody over. We law enforcement pull somebody over. They have a little bit of marijuana and they have two stolen guns and some heroin. Well, they pick them up on everything, including the marijuana. Um, right. Some of that's for probable cause purposes. Uh, but our legislature's got to figure it out. It, it's getting more and more messy for criminal justice. Uh, it obviously causes problems. Even if I was, uh, you know, supportive of, of prosecuting individuals with marijuana to the fullest extent, it's really just too complicated at this point. So I hope that we, we make some strides forward and just figuring it out and making sure we've got laws in place that make sense. So it sounds to me like you're being a realist about this. I mean, obviously, your job as the district attorney is to enforce the law as it's printed in the books. But... It sounds to me like you're acknowledging a few things that we all know. Number one, everybody is doing this, whether it's illegal or not. Number two, it sounds to me like you're admitting that the TBI and local law enforcement, this is not exactly high on their priority list. It is absolutely not. TBI is not testing marijuana. But I'll also say this. There is no one that's been arrested in this county that I'm aware of in the last year or so that's been arrested only for simple possession of marijuana right most of our law enforcement will will discard it uh, you know get rid of it you know mash it on the ground and then let the person go even without a citation it we don't do that anymore and that's a that's a misconception uh but it's it's only charged when it's connected to something bigger well that was a you know when we got the 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 first text that we got about davis lundy uh, that was the answer that i provided i said look i mean you know if you want to suggest that maybe this is because, you know, Weston called up his sister, the county mayor called up his sister and got a sweetheart deal for the guy who used to work as an advisor for him. I suggested that, you know, I mean, we're talking about a guy with no major criminal record who was caught in his car uh, with some pot and a DUI. I mean, this is certainly a crime. He's got a, you know, answer to that. But I don't think it's something that, you know, he's going to be tossed in jail for for a year. Yeah, the conspiracy theories are so great. I have no idea what happened to that case. Someone would have to call Courtney Lynch's office or talk to, I guess, the college jail police department. But I, I my, my office had zero to do with it. Let's talk about the case. Our guest here uh, is the district attorney, Cody Womp. Um, we want to get to the budget hell because that's been a huge item, obviously. But uh, I did want to ask you about the investigation. I don't know how much you can say about it, how much you cannot say. But uh, the details that have come out about the murder, 
the murder of this young woman, uh, Jasmine Pace, uh, pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some question marks, I think, from people who said when they when they discovered you want to pursue this as a as a murder case, mm-hmm. me, meaning that there was intention there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the details that come out, I mean, the girl was stabbed, you know, sixty plus times. And that's shackled. what the Emmy testified to. Yeah. Um. It's 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 made it's gotten so much attention because it's rare for us to see this kind of case around here. We see a lot of shootings, um, you know, with with uh, a lot of gang affiliated individuals, but we don't see these kind of like heinous, gruesome crimes a lot. Um, and and there's so much already public knowledge because we had the bond hearing. Um, it is my case. I am handling it myself. And and all I can say is the district attorney often has the privilege and honor of being the voice of victims. And in court, that's exactly what we'll do. Um, we'll be Jasmine's voice as we proceed with this case, which will um, likely be set for trial next year. What has shocked me about that case from the beginning um, is just uh, it, it was my understanding that the two of these people met on a dating app, you know, about three months prior to this. I, I, it, it, I mean, we all know domestic situations can uh, take a violent turn. Uh, at any given time, but um, you know, three months in meeting on a dating app, I, I, in in that kind of a gruesome crime scene, it's like, wow. I mean, I don't I don't know what kind of anger you could be harboring in in three months. Mm-hmm. Somebody you just met. Yeah, and I I don't know. Um, I, again, I won't speak too much to it because it is it is pending litigation at this point. But I'm not sure uh, if it's anger or if it's just a murder. Um, there's some people in this world, unfortunately, that. It, it, nothing sets him off. It's just that for some reason they decide to murder someone. And maybe he was always going to. I'm not sure. Um, but the proof is there. So we're pursuing it as first-degree murder. Is that the kind of case you were, I don't know what I'm trying to ask here, but uh, you're only a couple of months into the job. Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, kind of crime scene, the kind of case that you expected to land on your desk this early? No, uh, that's, this is rare in, in Hamilton County. And so I knew I was going to be back in court myself handling a couple cases this year. Um, but I, I did not know, and I wish it wasn't the case that, mm. that it, it's happened this way. But, um, th- this case, Jasmine's case, and then Joshua Wells' case, um, in which he killed his mom are both my cases. I'm mm. handling them personally. So I'm excited to do that. And it's a, it's a, again, it's a privilege. We have Chris on the telephone line. Chris, you're on line one. Go ahead. Yes. Um, with the budget cell issue, um, I, I was watching the county commission meeting yesterday, and I noticed that them and the city of Chattanooga are now committing $50,000 to the issue. And does that not fall now into the realm of, of racketeering because the county has created the issue, and now they're spending, I think it's COVID relief funds to uh, alleviate the problem? Thanks, and have a great rest of the day. All right. Chris, appreciate that phone call. Uh, Ms. Womp, we do have a lot to discuss with the budgetel because that has that has been the big hot topic um, with you directly involved. So uh, you can feel free to respond in any which way you like, but we have a lot of angles to Well, to, to Chris's there. specific question, um, the county didn't have anything to do with the budgetel. Um, the state of Tennessee closed the budgetel by and through the district attorney general i'm not a county elected official i'm a state elected official and then uh it was actually judge boyd patterson that signed the order to close it um so i don't i don't i don't know um what racketeering (laughs) no uh but but it's not it wasn't the county that shut it down they had nothing to do with it nor did the city of chattanooga 
Can you can you take a quick minute here just to explain the process that led up to this? Because we all know, uh, you know, there are plenty in the community. I think there are some uh, media outlets out there that have painted you as quite a villain in this story that you just swept in, descended on these poor people just in time for the holidays and threw them out on the road. Um, there is a process that goes into this. It was a process that was playing out for months, probably years. Mm-hmm. Can you explain how that works? Like complaints are filed with Eastridge Police. Eastridge Police escalates those to you, or how does how does it yeah, work? Yeah, they actually presented some of the information to Mr. Pinkston when he was still in office, but he chose not to do anything with it, most likely because it was an election cycle. But when a law enforcement agency brings you information in in hundreds and hundreds of documented pages with proof, evidence, facts in it um, that causes the district attorney to believe it's totally a public safety issue and uh, there's children there that are in danger and this place has already been shut down before by the city of East Ridge and codes enforcement and it just didn't work. It didn't do anything. Um, I had an obligation to act. I would do it again if I had the the opportunity. Um, All of the kids are in safer places and working on permanent housing, which is exactly what they should be in. We should never have kids living in hotels, but we should especially never have kids living at a place like the budget hotel. Um, yeah, we worked on it for a long time and, um, I felt like there was no better time to do it. And it's not standard to give any, uh, type of, um, you know, notice ahead of time. In fact, if you give a lot of notice, we did give notice in this case because there were kids living there. But normally you don't give a lot of notice because then it never happens. It would have been challenged ahead of time before it was even closed down by some type of injunction and then it wouldn't happen. And I believe it was the right thing to do. And uh, I'll make the tough decisions from now until I'm out of office. Brad, you're on line three. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I've enjoyed it so far. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I got in trouble with the popo. Uh, recently, and, and had to go down to Silverdale, mm-hmm. and uh, and I got really mistreated down there. Uh, I'm not going to get into those details, but I, is is Cody still with us? She is indeed. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, so I I was uh, really mis. Well, she said the word heinous a minute ago, and I'm assuming death was in that. But anyway, it was really bad, and I. What I, I've got some solutions, really simple solutions, and uh, one of our commissioners, Gino, he's uh, he's going to get me in front of the chief of police. They're wanting me to go to the DA. I mean, to the Internal Affairs, and, and just sit down and speak with them. Wait, but, the, the, just to put it in a nutshell, are you, you you're saying that conditions at the jail are deplorable? Yes, and it's, it's okay. the jailers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, there's some really, really simple fixes. No budget. I just like to sit and talk to these guys. Well, uh, listen, Brad. Let let me let me cut in here, and uh, we'll give the DA a, a chance to speak in a second here. But uh, you know, ongoing issues with Silverdale. This is nothing new. I mean, if you talk to the last sheriff and the current sheriff, they've been saying for years that budget, resources, personnel, conditions been an ongoing issue for many years yeah sure it's a it's a combination of things at the jail but uh brad just uh make sure you don't go to the city police department or the chief of police because it's the sheriff's office that runs the jail so don't um just a correction there make sure you or commissioner shipley go to the the sheriff's office um but no it's a combination i mean silverdale was a a horrible place under the leadership of of 
Core Civic um, for years and years. The sheriff's office inherited it. It's not big enough um, for the amount of inmates that are out there. That's why there's an expansion project that I think is opening up here in the next couple months. Um, but the jail, quite frankly, is never going to be a great place to be. Uh, all of our major criminals are housed there together. We have 91 or 92 pending homicide cases in my office um, from E to A felony. Um, all those guys that haven't made bond are out there. Uh, it would also get better if they would just quit stabbing each other. I mean, I mean, if at the end of the day, like quit taking fentanyl at the de- at the jail and quit stabbing each other. Uh, and and now I know Brad's probably talking about something in intake and booking, and he hopefully wasn't stabbed by any inmate. But but like it, at some point, like our criminals have to take some type of responsibility because part of the reason it's a crap hole is because we got we got our major offenders out there. We have our 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 robbers and our our murderers in one location that's probably right. not big enough for all of them. And it is it is a situation like uh, to your point of everybody kind of being housed there at once. It is kind of a situation where you know if you get pulled, you you might be some a nice church going uh, law abiding citizen who just got arrested for DUI. Well, you might get tossed in that jail for a night, and you're next to a hardened criminal or a killer. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's hard to keep up with the cleanliness and intake and booking because of the amount of inmates they have coming in there. Um, I would imagine that corrections officers often get tired. Um, of dealing with with criminals with people that are disorderly we've got you know drunk people coming in there and major criminals and it probably gets hard so i i what i can do to help the jail is what i'm trying to do which is get lower level offenders out of there mm-hmm. um try to you know if it's a 60 day offer on a misdemeanor uh, spend 60 days in the jail i've instructed my assistants like no, let's just give, let's just cut them loose and give them probation if they're not a danger to society because we don't have the jail space. Like, let's leave our jail space for our major offenders. Now they need to quit committing crimes in the jail. Um, that's common sense. But again, I, I think we could probably get about 200 people out of the jail. We're trying to do that. I think the numbers have dipped down. I work with the sheriff all the time. I hate that that happened to Brad. I don't doubt that it did. Uh, the jail is not ever going to be a fun place to be. So. Is it a, a true and accurate statement? Do you have stats to back this up? I think you probably do. You know, it's become sort of a, a catch-all phrase, a, 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 a cliche to just say, hey, you know, the justice system is backed up. The courts are overcrowded. Uh, the, the jails are overcrowded. There's no jail space, yada, yada, yada. All of these, you know, violent criminals are back out on the streets because there is no space. But, I mean, it sounds to me, I think it's pretty clear that here in Hamilton County that that, that is true. Yeah, it it is true, but but I, I'll say this: our court system. Um, if everybody works really hard and and we commit to working full time and and really invest ourselves, it's not backed up. I mean, we we have enough judges and enough prosecutors to really get the job done. Um, we're trying to do that. I, I hate saying this because I'm tired of the COVID excuses, but in criminal justice, it did sort of back some of those cases oh, up. Yeah. I if know were, it did. Yeah, if you were pending for trial in 20 or 21, you just couldn't go, and that's unfortunate. But we're catching up, and uh, yeah, I think the jail is always going to be crowded here because of our high crime level. We just need more space at the jail. Right. And your expert advice to avoid this is to not commit a crime. Yeah, my, my expert advice is to not commit a crime, and then don't commit a crime when you're at the jail either i'm, I'm writing this down <laughs> you taking yeah. notes over there exactly. right? <laughs> yeah and i'm not i'm not like i'm not being a smarty britches like i'm i'm serious like no, it's I, like yeah. the jail's awful because people are getting stabbed well i mean <laughs> that's why i've never been there it doesn't sound like a fun place right right so. I'd, rather, I'd rather go to a hyatt so yeah, I'd rather yeah I'd rather be a Hyatt as well, but I do hate that that happens sometimes where people feel like they're mistreated. They should not be. All right, Spartacus is online. One, how's everything back in ancient Greece? 
Oh, it's just wonderful. You Fantastic. know the sun's always shining in ancient Greece. Yes, that's Silly right. Question. Silly question. But I have a good one here. I've got a very good question here. Uh, to the DA, what is the process dealing with the ex parte actions of nepotism and jury pool tampering from the previous administration's tolerance with fraud in the DA's office? How do we address that? Well, Spartacus, don't get off the line because when you say jury pool tampering, I don't know what you're talking about. So if there if that's if that's happened, I don't I don't I'm hearing it for the first time from you. Well, of course, uh, I'd be more than happy to explain about that. Well, you had a, a DA's office which was ripe with nepotism, correct? Yes, I agree with that. Okay. And, and do they not assemble jury pools, and do they not go to the media and speak on, on issues that are before the uh, courts, uh, preemptive of a jury pool selection within the area? saying their their opinions and their their observations or or for example just a moment ago i heard you say something which i found a little disturbing where you mentioned that families with children in hotels is is unacceptable and really and truly that's a personal lifestyle opinion you know families come in all sorts and all shapes and sizes and everything else and under the former administration of Hamilton County, they allowed the former DA to commit fraud before the people of this county through nepotistic favors or nepotistic opinions. Where, where do we put a stop to this? Because a lot of that is currently still within the courts, clogging our courts. Well, Spartacus, and, and let very me... Offensive. And let, as, as far let, as the budget hotel goes... Really and truly, you know, it wasn't a state action that closed that. That was the East Ridge Police that brought that charge. And now all of Hamilton County is having to foot the bill. So, yes, it is sort of racketeering in a way within the local administration to misuse the emergency American Relief Recovery Act. Right, well, Spartacus, let's, uh, let's step in here and address a couple, because you're making a couple of different points here. Number one, I would... Uh, I would say when it comes to the nepotism of the previous DA, I think the voters have already spoken on that. There there was repercussions. They put it into that by voting in this woman. Now, if I if your accusation if, if if your complaint is that it continues to exist, okay. Well, uh, but I think the voters spoke on that. Sure, at least. sure they did. But the the D, the DA's office doesn't have anything to do with jury selection um, or, or putting jury pools together. We we participate in jury selection. That that in in that selection, the court participates, a defense attorney or defendant participates, and you weed out everybody that has any type of conflict. One of those questions is: is do you have any knowledge about the case in front of you? Um, and if they do, normally they're excluded from the jury. So that that's just a simple like that's a civics that's a civics lesson. Um, in regards to the children issue, um, we're just going to agree to disagree because I don't think we should have Hamilton County children living in hotels, um, jumping from hotel to hotel. Uh, that's that's not stable for them. And if their parents won't protect them by trying to provide permanent housing, then the state of Tennessee is going to try um, by and through me. So we just we don't agree on that issue and we never will. Well, let's also. OK, this gives us a good opportunity to go back to the budget hell here. Uh, we're talking with the D.A. Cody Womp, Hamilton County District Attorney. Um, you know, this, I, I don't know, this, this, this belief that seems to exist out there that you unilaterally did this, um, 
Eastridge Police brings years of complaints to you. Um, you know, there's plenty of people who question the timing. Well, why do you have to do this right in time for the holidays? Uh, you've also made the point that, you know, a judge needs to sign off on this. If I bring a case to the judge that is full of baloney and I have no reason to evict these people whatsoever... The judge, judge won't sign it. A judge won't sign it. He'll sure. toss it out of court. So, again, let's get back into the process of that. Sure. Well, number one, um, I, I think blame should mostly be assigned to the owner and management at the budget hotel. The only reason that the state and the criminal court shut this hotel down is because it was run so poorly um, that there was so much criminal activity. It was it was dangerous. We didn't shut it down based on conditions because at the time I didn't even know about the conditions. We shut it down based on criminal activity. Um, so where where is a hotel owner and management in this? When they showed up at the hotel to look at it, the owner was embarrassed. Um, he, he was noticeably embarrassed at the condition because he didn't care. Sure. All he cared about was the cash that he got. So now the county and the city have bailed the owner out, and I'm completely in disagreement with what the county and the city did with this money for all sorts of different reasons. I, I, I told all of the council members and the commissioners that in a three-page letter I sent them. We shouldn't have bailed the hotel owner out. We shouldn't use taxpayer dollars to support people that don't want to work. Um, we should use taxpayer dollars to support and help children. But in this situation, a lot of our money is going towards two and three adults living in a hotel room, none of which want to work. Why has the ownership pretty much escaped blame here? I understand why blame is going to fall on your deck because, you know, the, the, the joke that we used on this show, you're the Cruella DeVille who flies in just in time for the holidays and has to shut the place down. You're an easy villain to pick on. I mm-hmm. get that. But it kind of blows my mind that we have this absentee owner who, um, it's my understanding, is based out of Atlanta. Sure, not a local, well, not uh, a local uh, business owner. So was he, when you say he was embarrassed by the conditions there, but, you know, it also seems to me like he knowingly was taking the cash. I mean, is this a guy, was he knowingly operating a flop house? Sure. Or is he just somebody who he's got, you know, 75 different properties between here and Atlanta, and it's just, either between he doesn't care enough to upkeep all of them or it's just too much to handle. I think all of the above, but he relied on management that often was involved in the criminal activity um, that just wasn't managing the property well, wasn't, they had no, they had no, um, conditions for people that lived there. They didn't, they didn't run checks to make sure there weren't violent sex offenders living there. It just, it all sort of culminated into a place where crime was acceptable. Um, but yeah, should he, should the hotel owner have some responsibility? Yes, but has he? No. So that's all right. Um, now the county and the city are just going to pay his, his debts for him, uh, using our taxpayer dollars. Um, but, yeah, lucky for him, he's escaped all responsibility. We got a call from a listener the other day who was just wondering, you know, how these people, if they're so destitute, and, uh, you know, how are they even affording they're not. Yeah, cash they're not. money day to day? But would it also be fair to say, my response to that caller was, I think what you're missing here is that some of them are like drug dealers who literally are dealing drugs out of the hotel to pay their way. That's that's factual. And I'll agree that not everybody living there was a criminal. I I have conceded that on the record in criminal court. Sure. Um, But when 75 percent of them by statistics and facts are, um, I I don't I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the hotel altogether. 75 percent of the residents at that hotel at the time you shut it down had criminal records. The the. Criminal activity, if you look at the criminal activity and you look at the amount of residents that are living there um, and the reports that we had, you can estimate um, that it was a larger percentage than a majority, 51% or greater, that that were involved in the criminal activity. 
Um, and, and, and if you look at the reports individually, some of them are just disgusting. At one point, a, a mother leaves her eight year old in the custody of a violent sex offender and it was, it was reported. Uh, at one point, two small children were found in a room that was on fire. It was an arson and then the kids were found in the room by themselves. Uh, like it goes, it goes on, you know, juveniles with firearms. Uh, it's just, it goes on and on. Overdose deaths, you know, multiple in one year's period. Uh, again, it, it was shut down for a good reason and children deserve better than that. And we should make sure as a community that we're doing that for them. But when it comes to giving money to individuals that are not homeless, and we know they're not homeless because they were paying to live in a hotel, now we're paying for three, four, five of them to live in hotels around town. Uh, why are three, four, five adults at a time not working? Well, I have a good answer for you because now the city and county are going to be paying their bills for the next month. Of course they're not going to work. Why would you, right? Um, so it's the, it's the old adage that if you, if you give somebody a fish, they can eat for a day. Um, if you teach them how to fish, uh, they can eat for a lifetime. Well, we're just, this is, this is the opposite of fiscal conservatism. Uh, it shouldn't have been done the way it was. I think a lot of it was political. But the last thing I'll say on this issue is that money from the county and the city is not going directly to these individuals. It's going to the homeless coalition, which profits half of the money that they have every year per IRS records, uh, for their own salaries and benefit. And then they give the rest of what they have uh, to the community um, in, in ways that are sort of unaudited. And so we routed this money through an organization that's going to profit from half of it. It wasn't the way to do it. How about we take someone from the city or the county that works and is employed to take this money and make sure the right thing happens with it directly and not route it through another organization that, quite frankly, um, I'm suspicious of. Thank you for attending her TED Talk. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm, I'm get fired up about it. I'm a fiscal conservative, and I'm not an appropriator of money. And so the commission and the council did what they they will with it. But I'm I am I am not supportive of all this all this money going to to quote homeless. These people are not homeless. But also, if we continue to make this city uh, attractive to homeless people, guess what's going to happen? We're going to have more homeless people.